This is the Bob McCowan Podcast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. End of the week, Darren Millard in for Bob. Have you had fun this week? It's been awesome. Thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, Who can't? How do you get up this early? Well, everybody, to be honest, everybody cancels. <laughs> I like getting up early. I'm not very good well, at it, it, but once um, I get up, I'm okay. I'm. Just, I am awful. I yeah, I'm not a morning so person. Let me, let, let me ask. Well, no, but that, I think that's our business, though. I, I, yeah. I think that we have worked so many times, starting at five o'clock and finishing at midnight. That yeah. you, you know, your 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 biological clock has changed permanently. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I I love staying up till two in the morning watching everything. You know, it's and, easy. And then, I can and do then, it. And then I tweet something, and somebody somebody says, "Aren't you in bed already?" Yeah. Well, here, here's, uh, I, I know that we're, uh, we're getting some uh, fun, but uh, the, the idea uh, when you live in the Pacific time zone, that all the games are done by 10 is something that took me a while to get over. I'm like, why, why is there not two more games going? Yeah. What am I going to do now? It, it, uh, I, I loved growing up yeah. in the Pacific. It, it was, uh, I also loved being able to, Sunday mornings, getting up, yeah, putting the toast and coffee on, watching football from nine thirty in the morning. That was that's mm-hmm. magical, you know. It, it was better, and then you you actually could have a life after football on Sundays. Or I, or, I don't like getting then, up early, but I can always get up for golf. Yeah, that's hey, that's a good point. So Nick Taylor, um, who uh, made history uh, in Canadian golf, the first Canadian to win the RBC Canadian Open. In 69 years, which, by the way, is longer than I've been alive. Uh, June 11th, 2023 will be a date etched in golf history in our country. Nick Taylor joins Darren and me after this. This is the McCowan Podcast. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Welcome back to the McCowan Podcast. Darren in for Bob again today. Uh, And this is a special one uh, for me. uh, you know, I'm 68 years old, Darren. Uh, I had never seen a Canadian win the Canadian Open until I saw Nick Taylor win the RBC Canadian Open on June 11th, 2023. Uh, and I got to tell you, it was an emotional moment. I, I remember where I was in 72. I also where I remember where I was when Nick hit the 72-foot putt. I assume you remember where you were too, Nick, right? <laughs> I do. I do. I, I look back on that day very often. <laughs> so so let me ask you this. Uh, it, it, will June 11th always be a special day for you now? Will, will it be up there with birthdays? I I think so. I, I don't know if the exact date. I think just that moment in time. Um, I probably forget the date occasionally, but the, the moment when the puck goes in, winning that golf tournament, um, that's something I won't forget for a long time. I'm sure you've been asked all kinds of uh, questions and a lot of them over and over, but when did you think the putt had a chance? I think when it, when it kind of crept over that ridge and started yeah. breaking to the right, it was one of those where at that point I probably could say that I, the speed looked pretty good. Again, like until that putt disappeared, I don't think I had any idea of, how good it looked uh, or how good it was. But uh, yeah, I think probably just over halfway there, I'm like, all right, this speed looks pretty good. But again, for how far I was, 
you're hoping yeah. it just creeps up real close and I can walk up there and tap it in and put the pressure back on Tommy. But for that to disappear, I think there was that minute, a minute, there was half second of, of shock that that just, just happened. And, um, and then everything else is kind of forget, <laughs> forget about what happened after that, but um, pretty fun. Well, I'm sorry for the cl cliche question, but how has your life changed? Yeah, it, I don't know if my everyday life has necessarily changed at home. Definitely seeing the same people, you know, still busy at the house with my family, but probably recognize definitely a little bit more than, than I probably expected, to be honest. I think, you know, right after the tournament, went to the U.S. Open, which was obviously a huge event. And even after winning that, you know, it was great talking to players. and They were so nice how many players came up to us and congratulated us. But um, fans-wise, it wasn't a whole lot different. Um, and then went overseas and, and just was kind of in the busy playing mode. But since then, you know, occasionally around Abbotsford golf courses, um, it's definitely more than maybe I probably expected. So it's been really nice. People coming uh, up. I, I want to talk to you about, about Ledgeview because it, it, it's a fascinating story when you think about it. But okay your life hasn't changed that much how has your golf game changed <laughs> um probably people probably think i'm a lot better than i actually am but uh <laughs> <laughs> um no you know I've, I've it was a great season um that was definitely the cherry on top of it and it's nice to have some off time here maybe uh work on a few things that are hard to work on necessarily on the road um but i have a couple tournaments in october and then you know i'll gear up for for the new season starting in january so it's it's a nice break, but it'll be nice to kind of really put some work in um, out of tournament mode um, and kind of prepare for the next season. I was in Las Vegas uh, driving around. I had to leave the telecast on television and I'm at a stoplight and I'm going crazy. My wife and I are, are bananas are listening to it on PGA Tour radio and people are looking around, what's going on with these people? <laughs> uh, uh, so I knew it was a it was a big deal for me, but when I hear Jim Nance talking about it uh, on the weekend, uh, on his weekend reflections, uh, looking back on the year, the last couple of telecasts of the year during the uh, the, the playoffs, I'm like, wow, it like they keep bringing it up. Uh, it is yeah. it's a big deal all over golf. Yeah, I think that's that's certain things that have definitely you know stopped me in my tracks. Where Jim Nance, who's had legendary calls for years in multiple sports, um. To, to say how much, you know, how that, that moment for him was that special is, uh, it takes me back. You know, I, I've, I think I still, I'm trying to grasp maybe the, the magnitude of, you know, I've had people, golfers, players come up and just tell me how much it meant to them as a Canadian. And I think even that I'm still trying to, to kind of grasp how much it means to everybody. You know, obviously there's a lot of people watching, I think having a long playoff, people are able to get to the TVs and, and see the moment. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very, very cool feeling when people tell you how much it means to them, where I was just, you know, I was just trying to win a golf tournament, but it's pretty fun that everyone else felt that impacted. Oh, are you kidding me? I mean, it, it, this 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 was, I mean, I know you know it was a big deal. Uh, it was almost as big a deal as your buddy had when getting tackled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how many times have you played that video for him? Uh, so my two questions constantly or the putt and then out of getting tackled and it's it is just a, a circle that goes around and it's it's pretty funny once once everyone knew adam was okay um that's when we could all laugh but it was a, it was a nice tackle for sure well it's like going through airport security at least you know you're safe out there right <laughs> exactly <laughs> they're, they're they're on the ball they're on the ball so so i, I want to talk to you about uh ledgeview um you grew up you were born in winnipeg but you're you're a kid from the lower mainland you know, yep. you're, you're an Abbotsford boy. Um, and then when you look at it and you, you played your, your golf as a kid at Ledgeview. So did Hadwin play his golf at Ledgeview. And then if you do a little bit of digging, one of the best Canadian golfers in the seventies and eighties was Ray Stewart. Oh yeah. And Ray Stewart was from Ledgeview. I mean, the, if, if I would have told you that, you know, one golf course, you know, 60, 70 miles from Vancouver would have had the impact on Canadian golf uh, that the three of you had and that the the course had. I, I think people would be amazed by that. Yeah, and you're, you're also missing there James Lepp, who was right. just before me. He's five, six years older than I am. He won the NCAAs, you know, one of the best juniors and amateurs Canada's ever seen. So, he, And he grew up a legend as well. So it's, it's amazing. Um, what a little golf course like that can do 
and uh, you know, there's there's plenty of juniors as well that that I'm not mentioning, but it's uh, it's just a, a golf course where there's really no there's a very little driving range. It's more of a warm up range, very small putting green, but the course uh, develops a lot of skills from that kind of age group of ten to to eighteen, where you got to learn how to chip and putt really well. You got to hit it straight. You got to be able to hit your irons kind of both directions, shape it, hit recovery shots from the trees. It, it kind of, you're a very well-rounded player, I feel like, when you leave there and it's transferable to wherever you play. Um, do, do you remember the, the first biggest, year? Do you remember the first, what your membership was, the first year you had to pay for a membership? Uh, I remember I joined the uh, the end. So my brother's three years older. He got into it and we were as a waiting list. And I got in maybe after like the very end of summer before school started. It was like 220 bucks. Maybe. <laughs> my, 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 and it's still, you know, to their credit, I think it's still, it might be a little bit more than that now, but it's, they've kept it low. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great membership. Um, I feel, you know, junior golf in general goes in its flows of participation. I think since COVID it's, it's go, it's going a lot like golf in general has, but um, no, it's, it's a great little place for kids to grow up and, Honestly, when we grew up, it was like chipping contest, putting contest, and we played. There was no like grinding on the range, doing drills. It was just like play, play, play. And you really get that competitive mode going. And it's just like I said, it's very transferable to, to tournament golf and playing other places where um, obviously a lot of people have had success playing out of there. Is your name on the club championship trophy? I <laughs> see. So I won the, uh, I never won the junior club championship. I think I finished second like five times, maybe really? four times. Yeah. Pretty funny. Um, and then there, what, like the, there's a ledger open that I had, I had won as a, like the amateur side, but tied with a pro and there wasn't a playoff. So that was maybe right after I turned right, right after, uh, my high school, but yeah, never was able to grab that G that junior club championship. Pretty fun. That's a legendary story right there to <laughs> summarize how great of a golf club that is. Yeah, yeah, Sh pretty funny. Sh shout out who the guy who beat you. Come on. Oh, a good buddy of mine, Luke Bogdan, won one year. Um, he might have won more than once. I, I forget, honestly, everyone that had won it, but uh, those are for sure favorite. probably the last couple. Years. Exactly. So, <laughs> still chapped a little bit. <laughs> hey, uh, um when did you know uh, in, in all this journey you know because it, it's a pretty good journey you know ledgeview you, you go play for the huskies mm -hmm. uh, at, at university of washington um when did you know in your in your time as a kid i'm gonna be a pro golfer i think when i probably had confidence that i could i could do it or that i wanted to pursue that no, but when you when you walked into the kitchen and you told your parents, "Mom and Dad, I'm going to be a pro golfer," <laughs> I don't know if I ever had that that walk in moment. Um, it, it was probably after my second year at, at college. Honestly, really? I, yeah, like it was. Uh, I think the whole mode in, in high school was was try to get a golf scholarship in the U.S. That was a big driving factor. That was kind of the next step to you know, get an education, but also like play at a very high level for, for golf. Um, and another kind of pipeline that, that had produced was University of Washington. James Lepp transferred there from Illinois. Darren Wallace went there, who was who won the Cane Amateur at 15. He's from Langley. Um, Darren and I had the same coach growing up. And so that was kind of the avenue that I went down. They had great facilities, really loved the coach. I wanted, you know, the comfortable aspect of Darren being there was great. So, um, chose there actually by the end of my career at UW there was four Canadians out of the six on our starting lineup which is pretty incredible um so but after my second year I had some success in the regionals and nationals finished second second then qualified for the U.S. Open and I think that kind of run gave me some confidence that okay this is I'm getting to a level where I feel like I compete with everyone at my current level but also you know playing in the pro event seeing what needs to be maybe improved upon, but that was kind of the itch that I got that, all right, I want to do this. So I had a couple years left of, of college golf there and then, you know, gave it, gave it a shot. What do you love about the game? What, what do you grab onto? I'm touching this recently. I think I gravitated towards it when I was 13 and pushed away other sports is just the, you know, everything's on you on the course, all the work that you put in to practice, 
you know, you can, you can put as much work as you want in or out in and or not, but everything's on you when you're out there. Um, it's become more of a team game just over the years with caddies, coaches and everything. But again, the shots are still on you. You got to pull them off. Um, and I think what, what drove me to that was maybe team sports, maybe you put the effort in and it just didn't quite work out. And again, that's at age 10. So it's, it's not like I'm throwing anybody on the bus here, but just, I think I gravitated towards that. Cause like, you know what, I can go to the golf course for eight hours if I need to and put the work in. And if someone else doesn't, that's fine, but I'm going to get an advantage from that. And I think that's what pushed me in. And, um, I just like, like being out there doing everything yourself. So what so do you love about the game now? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I still love that part about it. I, I love having that pressure on you where it's, it's, uh, you know, those moments where you got to pull a shot off. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think competitive golf, it's, I think the enjoyment after is easy, but in the moment, it's fun to really describe it. You want to be in those moments and you really like thrive to be there. Um, but it's still like, nerve wracking you know you're sick to your stomach in the morning like that, that those feelings aren't fun but you want to be there so i think the competitive part i think it's one of those competitive sports all sports are competitive but it's it it uh i think it just felt the most competitive especially growing up and still to this day and i just still have that drive to get in those moments hold on so so on sunday morning at oakview you know you're you're getting out of bed uh you're having a coffee a little orange juice and you got angst and you got angst. I'd be having more than a coffee. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> you probably had a full meal, didn't you? You, you need to carbo load at that point, don't you? Yeah. You know what? When I've been in those situations and yeah, you wake up with nerves. Like I was pretty good that week. I think just, I was chasing the whole week. Um, but you know, I remember when I had one pebble that whole night, I slept terrible the night before almost had like night sweats and didn't eat a whole lot i've never been one that if, if i'm nervous i don't eat a whole lot so that's the hard part i'm trying to get food in kind of keep my energy up but also you know it might it might come right back out so um yeah no definitely definitely nervous just like you know i think a lot of times when you're in those moments kind of when golf serve you're thinking ahead thinking of you know what could happen which obviously isn't great on the course to me I always kind of settle down once I get on the grounds. So when I start like warming up, I can kind of like settle in. And the anticipation still is the first tee shot. And after that, I kind of can get into the round. But I think the lead up to it is where, you know, most of my, if you want to call it anxiety, nerves is is happening. And and when you say we won the tournament, um, how many people is we? It's it's I think anywhere from, from Dave Markle, my caddy that's there in every moment, you know, to my coaches around me, to my wife and family and, and parents, like it, it's, there's so much that goes on, I think, behind the scenes that uh, golf, maybe you don't quite see or hear about, you're starting to over the years, but, you know, I got physiotherapists, I got coaches, I got trainers, mental coach, um, you know, the support with our lifestyle from my wife, kids, like it's, it's a lot, but uh, so there's there's a big, big long list there of people that are part of the team. Um, but I think specifically when people say we right now, it's probably me and me and the caddy on the course because how much we do things together. Again, I'm the one hitting the shot, but the talking of the shot, um, reading the lies, the win, reading putts, like it's 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 a full team kind of sport now. You and Mark will ever fight? <laughs> No, we're we're pretty good actually. Uh, there's some guys that rip their caddies at times. I think that's just to get whatever off their chest. That's never been my go. I guess you could ask him <laughs> if I've ever done that. But, um, no, man, he's he's such a positive ray of light. He's he's a great guy. We've we've known each other for like 15 plus years. We played amateur golf together. That's when we came pretty close, and uh, it's been a really fun fun year so far. We've been together. What are you? Uh, are you a person that keeps stuff from from big events and if so what did you keep from from the open um they've golf canada pretty touched took the shirt off my back about an hour after the trophy ceremony so i thought that was pretty funny um the uh i kept the hat i was wearing um there's a few things that have been sent like that have been pretty cool but other than that like 
um like dave i think the kind of the tradition with with pj tour golf is the caddy gets the 18th flag yeah um so for that tournament to be you know the canadian flag um it's very neat that he gets to keep that uh he's going to keep the bib um but yeah i just actually just got the replica trophy which was very cool to open so that that's what, probably the, the coolest thing that i got what about the golf ball I honestly don't even know where that ball is. I in regulation, I threw the ball in the stands, and I remember after I watched the covers, Jim Nance made a comment, and then, you know, I barely, I don't even remember where my putter went after I made the putt, let alone where the ball went. So, um, Dave might actually have the ball. I, I would have to confirm that, but I didn't, I didn't go near that hole after the ball disappeared. But yeah, but you know, in a country that always says, "Where's the hockey puck?" Right? Yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd have to think, "Oh my goodness, where where is?" But at a tour event, when you're walking off the 18th, or you're you're in a scenario where there's an eight year old kid saying hello, you know, hello, Mr. Taylor, can I have your ball? You know, you give it away all the time, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. We try to after our rounds sign as much as we can, give stuff. Yeah. You know, if there's 50 kids, it's usually we don't have 50 golf balls in the bag, which sucks. But we try to <laughs> throw them as the round goes on and gloves here there. Um, but yeah, I think that's a big part of the game, right? You want to you want to try to get kids that are there for the first time, potentially hooked on the game and playing, and that's uh, that's a kind of a big part of the tournaments that we're at, trying to make make the kids a day. It's pretty fun. Is is that really what eight year old kids sound like, John? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They do. They, 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 and then their voice changes, and then become broadcasters. You know, that's what happens. <laughs> hey, so during during the year, uh, during the tour year on. Well, maybe even on tournament days, but how many how many golf balls do you hit on the range? Um, I mean, VJ was a thousand balls a day. Yeah, VJ was is, is an outlier, I think. Um, I would say anywhere between a hundred and two hundred. If if you feel like you need to grind, it might be a bit more. Um, some days it might be just a warm up, and you go on the golf course. My, my favorite, like prep, honestly, is is do a warm up, but then get on the golf course. Yeah. either early or or later later as in like four o'clock in the afternoon and hit like three four tee shots every hole hit some iron shots in the green hit a bunch of chips and putts on the green like that to me is my best preparation um t- tell you what i love afternoon golf i love yeah. teeing off at 3 30 in the afternoon yeah it's I, I hate getting up in the morning because i think that's the business again the business that we're in darren uh but i love playing and then you know coming in at twilight yeah, Twilight, Twilight Golf is like my happy place. I love being out there at night. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Then the burger tastes that much better. Nick can't <laughs> Nick can't have a burger anymore because the world has changed. He has to be fit. Guys like me and you, Darren, yeah. we can have burgers. What What's your uh, people will will love this golf ball people that on do, going down the Instagram rabbit hole, looking at all the different golf tips and and warm up routines. What's your warm up? Uh, flow so it's changed a bit over time i used to be a very like strict routine it was like log wedge nine iron six iron four iron woods and that was kind of my my routine i've changed a bit over time you know working with with the uh, mental performance coach recently chris bertram like it's like getting the flow state going being more creative in your warm-ups is definitely something that i try to do i'll still like gravitate towards that general like flow of wedges through driver but you know there's been enough studies like if i go out and try to hook an eight iron and then i grab a four iron right after that and hit a big cut and then it's like try to see shots and visualize mm. um it's going to kind of get that creative flow state going which is exactly the state that you want to be in when you play really any sport but golf in general so um my warm-ups have changed a bit i think a lot of times now i'll i'll Pick a target. Dave will be behind me. Hey, this is where I'm trying to go. This is the shot I want to hit. Make sure I'm aligned. And then pick different targets every shot. Um, it kind of gets you in game mode. I might hit five to ten of those before I go to the course. Um, so, yeah, the, the routines change a bit over time, but it's still it's still a warm-up. I don't try to, to emphasize too much. I've had bad rounds when I haven't missed a shot warming up, and I've had great rounds when I couldn't find the map on the range. <laughs> so, um, I try not to put too much emphasis or, or thought into how the warm-up went but um you still try to kind of do the same things to get loose and then and get going 
Are you a field guy at the range with the golf with the launch monitor, uh, just on the side, or do you use it a lot? So I use it a decent amount Monday through Wednesday. Um, mm -hmm. Dave and I kind of chat about we got a routine where I don't even bring it out unless I maybe practice post round in tournament days. But I don't use it to warm up anymore. It just I think it's to me it just became maybe a bit of a distraction, more so mm -hmm. looking at what the numbers were than what the ball was actually doing. So. I tucked it away. It's been pretty much a year where, again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's essentially there for almost every shot, feeling out numbers, things that I'm looking for. But once tournament days start, I kind of put in the locker room and I don't really see it again. Um, but I still put my like sticks down to for alignment and checks and do my drills. Um, so I have my kind of routines that I still go through. But when it comes to kind of the data stuff, I've, I've tucked away for tournament days. What numbers, sorry, one more. What numbers are you, what does Dave show at you on, on the monitor after you hit a shot? So there's a couple different ones. There's TrackMan and GC Quad that I use both. Um, the Quad typically is for carry numbers. Okay. It, it, it measures with like temperature. It has a, um, it has a barometer. It has, it kind of gives you everything where you are. Um, so that's important trying to, you know, an eight iron at Pebble Beach could go for me 156 yards where you know in, in phoenix the next week where it's warmer a little more elevation it's going 168 so like right. you use that the first few days get a general idea um and then track man there might be some path numbers face numbers different things like that but again i don't go on that one as much um because you can go down a rabbit hole there that's that's pretty <laughs> oh, yeah. daunting at times um but mostly i look at carry numbers and then there's like there's one i look at it's spin axis it just gives you how much the ball's curving essentially um but uh yeah those are the kind of the, the main ones i use there there was a time when the, the biggest number was club head speed velocity right and now it's yeah. just one of many are you oh, concerned yeah, about it you no know, you know ball speed is something that maybe I'll, I'll measure other players compared to mine i think everyone would love to hit it further the game is getting younger and stronger and faster so you know, it's it's a slippery slope. You know, someone I'm slightly below average length. You know, I could I could try to get five more miles an hour, but at what cost? If, you know, if someone said I could do this, get five miles an hour, and keep everything the same, then of course I go down that alley. But there's been plenty of guys that uh, have tried that route, and maybe their game is, you know, falling off a cliff. There's guys that have gone that route and played phenomenal. You know, Matt mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick would be one of them that you know he's gained a bunch of distance, and you know he's up there. It seems like every major, so. It's possible, but it's definitely a slippery slope. Uh, you said the game's getting younger. At thirty-five, do you view yourself as a young guy or an old guy? Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm getting old now. <laughs> At least you're saying um, I think that, that that's yeah, a good sign. Exactly. I know. Um, I don't feel that old, but I, I've told a story over the years. I remember when I was in college watching Q School when it had at the time, and the average age of a PJ Tour car was thirty-four. And I was like, okay, it gives you like, that's a, that's a big runway from when you finish yeah. college to potentially playing pro golf. And so I was like, all right, I don't need to be like, you know, putting so much pressure on myself the year out of college that I have to get in the PGA tour. And now I think the average age is maybe 25, 26. It is, it is drastically changed. Um, I think players are more prepared coming out of college. They're probably leaving a little earlier than they used to as well. And they're just, they're really, really good. So yeah, the game is getting younger, um, but there's still room for guys like me that don't bomb it. So just find a different <laughs> find a different way to get in the hole. That's Nick Taylor, RBC Canadian Open champion for 2023. He's Darren Millard. I'm John Shannon. Uh, we will continue our conversation with Nick on the McCallum podcast after this. Okay, quick hitter, quick hitter Nick. Um, first set of clubs. What were they? Tommy Armour, I believe. Hand me downs. Yeah. From mine, who? Were, my, mine were Walter Hagen. That's uh, how was, old I am. It might have been, it might have gone my dad to my brother to me, but it was definitely my brother. Yeah. <laughs> I was hand me downs from him for a while. That's great. Yeah. Um, what uh what was your favorite uh first golf experience? One that comes to mind, I went to Fiji to play in the Aaron Baddeley Invitational. I think I was in grade ten. Um, went there with a few other Canadian, uh, 
boys and then there was two two women but it was it was a pretty unique trip at that time in my life so that was like in december we went different countries um i don't really know why it was it went through like the bcga but um why that was set up that way i'm not sure but it was it was a pretty cool tournament you know getting to know aaron badley now that i've been on tour you know he he's he still i don't think the tournament's going on anymore but he had a, a good run in fiji then in china and then actually in san diego so it was a pretty cool tournament that he put on you know that the badly story is an interesting one and it tweaks me to another question so you beat tommy westwood in the in the playoff in Toronto. Fleetwood. Fleetwood, sorry. What did I say? Westwood. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you didn't beat Lee Westwood. I know that. Okay. So <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood. Sorry. Um, you beat Tommy Fleetwood. You will have seen Tommy Fleetwood every week you played on the tour after. What is the what's the dialogue like? What's the conversation like? Is there a glance or is there just a nod of the hat or what happens? No, it's it's a hey, how's it going? Um, no, you know we've we've known each other for an extended period of time. We played together prior to that playoff, um, so essentially, I feel like we're workmates. You know, you see him, hey, how's it going? Kind of in the gym, passing by on the golf course. We actually haven't played together since, but yeah, it's Tommy's a great dude. There's there's no awkwardness to me. It's kind of like it happens. I felt like his reaction after the fact when I saw. Uh, the coverage where he just kind of smirked, um, I thought was was great. And he was very gracious um, kind of after with nice things that he said. I don't remember actually a lot of things that he said, but very complimentary and, and happy for me. So, no, he, he's a great guy. Hasn't been awkward at all. Kind of a hey and how's it going? I, I don't want to beat the the open to a, to a pulp here, but I, I'm always curious. You know, we see leaderboards all the time, whether it be on TV or – if we're at the uh, at the event, we're watching the leaderboards all the time. Where does the leaderboard fit into your routine as you walk by it? Um, I'm pretty good when I get in those scenarios of, of blocking it out. Um, I feel like I have a pretty good feel awareness of where I am. That whole day, I didn't really look at the leaderboard. I knew generally by maybe the crowd, you know, energy, the way it was going. Okay, I'm I'm either leading or I'm close to the lead. Um, and I actually, when I did that walk and talk with the mic, I was walking yeah. down the 15th hole and we get close to the green and Jim is like, well, thank you for doing this. We've never had somebody in contention do this, let alone leading on Sunday. And so it's like, well, I guess I'm leading the golf tournament. So um, I had a general idea, but I definitely confirmed it. So that was a pretty funny moment. Do you like those? And, and those walk and talks? I think it's great for the fans. I've had pretty, so pretty I. positive, pretty positive reviews. Um, oh yeah, it, it it was a it was definitely a unique scenario. At, at least at that time, they'd never done it on Sunday, and whatever had happened in the coverage the day before, they pushed it. And I had a bunch of people ask me like, you know, why did you do that? Or I can't believe you did that. And I was like, you know what? I committed the night before, and I thought it would have been a bigger distraction, honestly, by finding whoever I needed to find and say like, I don't want to do it anymore. So. You know, it, it wasn't to me. It wasn't a huge deal. You know, I threw the threw the mic in, had a few questions, and just kind of hit my shots. Um, luckily, it all turned out. If I bogeyed the last three holes and lost, then <laughs> it might have been different. But um, it kind of added to the story to make it pretty cool. Well, well, John's a, a TV executive along with being a, a, a commentator, and I, I he'll appreciate this that Jim and the, and the guys and the coverage keep reminding everybody what the players have done on that particular hole when they've done the walk and talks, trying to make sure that the audience knows it's not a distraction. Like we've had five birdies and 10 pars and only one bogey all year. With the walk and talks. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Luckily I had part of that one. I did bogey the next hole. So maybe they should do the post hole and then see if, <laughs> see if that works. Uh. Yeah, now, now, now can, you know, the crowd was rabid, rabid. Yeah. Can that, how how distracting was that? You know, I I try to use it as you know pushing me to the finish line. It felt like every tee and green I was walking up to, at least that back nine, pretty much the front nine as well, was getting you know borderline standing ovations, and that just doesn't happen very often anywhere. So kind of getting that sensation, that adrenaline going, I think helped me a lot, and. You know, that playoff was 
the day was getting long. I think it, it became a, a point where if you lost your focus for just a split second on one of those shots, you could have could have lost a tournament um, with maybe a tee shot in 18 or, you know, a putt here or there. Um, mm. So I think that their energy definitely kind of helps. They're very one-sided, which usually doesn't happen for me. So that was pretty fun. But um, I thought they were pretty respectful, but still very one-sided. So your your season ended at East Lake. Um, uh, what was from the end of the tournament in Atlanta? Uh, when was the last time you picked? When when did you pick up a club the next time? Oh, it hasn't been a whole lot. We did charity event last week. We've done it's the sixth year. We've done it back in in. Uh, in Abbotsford there, um, hit a few shots that day. I uh, did a clinic the next day at, at Led Juices for some juniors. So that was probably the first time I was picked up a club wow. since. Um, I'll, I'll gradually start getting into it. I have a tournament in, uh, in October is my next one in Vegas. So that'll be just over two weeks from now. So I'll start gearing up. Um, it's a different feeling having two tournaments this fall that don't really necessarily – affect FedEx ranking or anything it's just going to play and try to stay sharp and try to win the tournament so I think going in with that philosophy where it's kind of win or nothing is will be kind of fun um not not stressing about making a cut or making a few points here there um I've never really had that so I'm excited about that love that you're coming to the Shriners uh I'm in Vegas to work for the Vegas Golden Knights and uh we like half our roster are total golf balls uh, right, right into it. Uh, from Mark Stone, who's had a couple of back surgeries, to uh, Zach Whitecloud, to uh, Brady McLean, they, they all love it, and they've, they've yeah. been around it. So, uh, do you get? Do you have some cross uh, over with with different athletes? Um, some, you know, I've I uh, Dan Murphy, who's who's a broadcaster yeah. for the Canucks. You know, I'll play with some players with him occasionally. We actually didn't get out this summer, unfortunately, but um, put Patterson a couple years ago, um, Stetcher when he was in the team. Um, hopefully over time it goes on. Like when we, when it, when it works, I'll play with a few guys, but, um, usually we'll try to hook something up. Um, like I said, we should try to do something in Vegas because that'd be fun. There's a lot of, a lot of good golf in Vegas. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let's find, let's yeah. find a way. We'll, we'll connect. Um, hold what's on, the you're one a, question? No, hold on. That... You're, you're a bad, you're not that good a golfer to play. Oh, no, no, no. I, I just want to hang out I, or, or, or <laughs> okay. put the good golfers with the good golfer, uh, with the professional <laughs> golfer. Um, What's the question that the the hockey players ask you when they get to play with you? Because they can hit it. Yeah, they can. I, I they're usually pretty good, to be honest. I think just like almost like what's the life like outside of the golf? Sometimes I think we're as curious as there. Hey, what's the locker room like? What's mm -hmm. your travel like with family? Because I think they're unique on the family side. Like players' families rarely travel. I believe with with hockey, Written never with their yeah. seasons, right? Never. Yeah. Where you know our you know, a lot of the times our families, at least if our kids go to school, are traveling with us um, a decent amount. So that's a whole different element. You know, the amount of bags. My my wife and two kids came to the UK this year, and the amount of bags that we had going through those airports and getting on planes was remarkable. I don't know how we survived. We did it. My wife's a saint, but um, man, it was. It's a challenge. So um, yeah, I think it's just figuring out what your life is like, honestly. So it's been pretty fun to talk to those guys. First sponsor, do you remember who was your who was the first company that uh, that said you know what we believe in Nick Taylor, or person? Some sometimes that happens, right? Yeah, yeah. you know I was yeah. lucky to when I turned pro, TaylorMade was a big sponsor, and you know I had a, an amazing run with them for eleven years. Um, they're there. RBC's been by my side a lot. They first couple of years when I turned pro, and then once I got on tour, I've been with them ever since. Um. You know, Adidas is split, but they're, I've been with Adidas a long time as well. I was actually Ackworth for a few years there, but um, which was the same company. But no, right. I've, I've been with the same companies a lot. So I've been, I've been very fortunate. Um, RBC has been great for golf, haven't they? I'm not, uh, you know, I, uh, this is not a plug for them, but I would shudder to think where the game in our country would be without the Royal Bank. No, it kind of grassroots up. They've, they've done a great job. Um, you know, the way they've supported, the Canadian Open, the way they have, especially after the last couple of years, what's been going on with the PGA Tour, to kind of stand ground and, and really support Canadian golf for how much they do is they're they're great. So no, I'm very proud to be sponsored with them for a long time. F favorite golf course? You can't pick Ledgeview. Favorite golf course in our country? Ooh, um, 
Capilano comes to mind out in Vancouver. Yeah. I haven't played Shaughnessy in a bunch of years, but another another phenomenal track. But um, I try to make out Capilano maybe once a year with with some buddies out there. But uh, amazing track out there. And the the other thing that's coming up is the Ryder Cup. You can't play in it. The rules suck. But will you watch? I'll watch. Yeah, I think the time change will be. I don't actually know what it is, but I'm sure I'll be up early. In Italy, and it's in it's what. in Italy. Yeah. Um, I'll watch. Yeah, I, I'll. I probably always slightly rooted for Europe to make it make it very competitive. At least in the U.S. When I was growing up, they, the U.S. won a lot, but um, I know the Europe's had a good run over over there. So I think, like anybody, I'm hoping for a, a dramatic finish close to the end. But um, I think the Europeans got a good squad this year. I, I actually. I felt back for for Moronk that he didn't get picked, but I thought the the Lud um, Aberg pick was was a really good pick. He is a stud coming out of college, just one over in Europe. But um, like yeah, three tournaments he's watch. played. Like yeah, crazy. yeah, he's he he's actually up close to lead through a couple of days at the Cane Open. He's he's played very well coming out of pro. I think he's just I think you can see it. A lot of those guys that have been around for a long time that he's a guy that you want to be on that team for probably a long time. So it was a pretty cool pick. I thought you like match play. I love match play. I've, I've, we don't play it enough. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, it's a shame that the first time I played the match play tournament was this season. And then it's, it's not coming back at least for the next season. So I hope it comes back. Um, played a bunch in amateur golf and, and I really enjoyed it. I'm curious how, you know, Brooke Henderson is the, the best female golfer in our country. How much dialogue would you have with her? I mean, how much is that? Is it is it a totally different world? I know she she congratulated you after the tournament, but mm -hmm. corporate outings, whatever happens, how much and how much how much can you compare games? Yeah, I don't know, Brooke. Look, no, I don't know Brooke that well. We, you know, the tweets here there. I definitely watch her when she's when she's playing in contention, which seems to be a lot. Um, She's phenomenal, you know, winning, I think it's 13 times now, two majors, like, it's it's very, very impressive, especially at the age that she's at now. So, um, our crossover with, with outings, stuff like that, hasn't happened a whole lot. I believe one year right. we were at the Cane Open together, probably five, six years ago, um, had a day together, but, um, no, I don't, I don't get to spend that much time to her, but, uh, no, I, I definitely enjoy watching when she's playing. What does a PGA Tour player do to relax and get away? Or do you play other sports, or what's what's your uh, chill out time? Yeah, I, we all go a lot of time home. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Everyone asks other sports, their hobbies is what I do, so yeah. it's hard to make that a hobby. Yeah, like honestly, when when I'm home now with a couple of kids, like it's 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 hard to carve out a few hours. Um, you know, that's time management thing is definitely what try to figure out mm -hmm. when you're home. But on the road a lot, like. We couldn't don't do it as much. COVID was part of it, and then just having kids. But I love to watch movies, like and go to theater when we were on the road. We'd go to probably like a couple a week, just go like relax, your phones away. It didn't really matter what the movie was. You know, movie popcorn is hard to beat, and so you just sit down, <laughs> have a kids pack, and enjoy a movie. That was like my go-to. Um, but yeah, now it's just kind of chilling out, putting the clubs away, seeing some friends, doing anything really if it's in the summer maybe going to the lake or or whatever but um i wish i played probably a few more sports just just for casually you know tennis i don't even have hockey equipment that fits anymore which is a shame to say but um i don't have a lot of time to do it anyway so uh maybe hey, uh, eventually just uh, before we let you go uh, i think we have to ask about what's going on uh with live and the tour how how closely do you follow it as an individual, as a businessman on the tour? Mm -hmm. um, and do you see an end to this that that everybody will be happy with? We so there's been a couple of player meetings recently, and there's so many hypotheticals, which I, th which I think is frustrating. There's not a whole lot of answers from what we're told. Regardless of what happens by the start of next year, there's a deadline. I don't know if it's January first or not, but something will be resolved if that's we're merging or we're not. Um, that's kind of the time that we've been told. Honestly, there's been so many mixed, you know, emotions with the start of the cane open and then, you know, being told one thing for so long and then something the opposite happening and then having all these hypotheticals, like I said, 
I'm just kind of waiting and seeing. I'm not in the room with with the player meetings. You know, I hear hear it through some other players that are getting information, but I just I don't feel like stressing about it. So I'm just gonna wait till wait till everything kind of pans out. And if it if it happens, it was out of my control, honestly. So it is what it is. Um, and then if it doesn't, we kind of see what happens. But um, it seems to be going on a path where we're hoping that it, it the merge happens. But there's a lot of hurdles to 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 jump over. Hey, this has been great, Nick. Thank you very much. Hey, did you Thanks, make guys. full swing? Are you going to be on full swing? They haven't asked me, and honestly, I don't think we do it. it it's it's a big commitment. I don't know if I want that uh, camera in my face. It <laughs> is, eh? Yeah, it's a lot. I've had some friends do it. Um, it's a lot. So I think we like our privacy. So I'm I'm sure we would say no if if we were even ever approached. But it hasn't. The opportunity hasn't come. By the way, I've just checked the live cameras at Ledgeview. They've just finished mowing the first green. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> Perfect. Nice. Perfect. They're we'll probably very fresh. Thanks, Thanks good, again, guys. man. Thank you. Have a great Thanks, day. Guys. You too. That's Nick Taylor. Darren and I will be back after this on the McAllen podcast. You know that now that we've changed our format and we're not stuck to 52 minutes because we're not on Sirius XM anymore, uh, I actually could have gone longer with Nick Taylor, Darren. He would have been uh, he, he would have been uh, a good guy to he, he was he's a bit of a talker. Buddy, I filled up three pages of notes. I know because I'm you're such a golf notes. ball. You're, yeah, you're I was taking notes, notes on... about everything when I was asking. When yeah. I, I was asking questions for out of interest, but I was also for the audience. But I was also asking selfish questions. Okay, now um, the, the other golfer on the show has joined us now, McCowan. Hello, Robert. Hello, and I played with Dick Taylor, by the way. Well, no, that's Where? not true. I lied. He was a good one one day. And I hit balls with him on the range, chatted with him, but yep. So do you, you did you at that point use the same because we Darren even asked him about his routine on the range. Did you did you do the same routine as him, starting with the lob wedge to the nine to the eight? No, I don't I don't really remember that, but I probably wouldn't have anyway. You know, because I'm what, what was your routine? Well, I I usually start with the wedge, yep, and then work my way up. And then at the end, I'd go back to the wedge and hit really? a few wedge shots just because I figured on the first hole, I'm going to hit it close, but I'm not going to get it on. I'll probably have to hit a wedge. Let's see how I hit it. You know. Well, And if memory serves me, I, I would have told you to maybe spend a little more time on the putting green. Yeah, well, you're, <laughs> you're right about that, man. I should have spent all day on the putting green and not gone on the golf course. Mind you, then I would I would have quit playing golf because I'm such a bad putter these days. How many putters in the garage now? Uh, I haven't counted lately, but I, there were thirty last I looked. Thirty. Thirty. Yeah. Maybe twenty nine, twenty eight, something like that. Now I may have broken a couple. You know, smashed <laughs> it against somebody's and, head. Okay. How many how many putting lessons have you taken over None. your life? None. So no putting lessons, but no. you. <laughs> I just I I spend money on putters, <laughs> and none of them work. None of them. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you haven't taken a lesson. <laughs> well, you know you, Bob. You know you have to put batteries in. Oh really? You're kidding. <laughs> well, I'm writing that down too. It, it, it can't. It, it, it can't be your. It can't be your swing. Because wow. your swing's perfect, right? No, it's not perfect, but it's pretty close. Well, pretty close. Not on the green, not on that putting oh, green. So. When I get on the dance floor, boy, I, I stub my toe. Yep. <laughs> How you feeling? I'm not bad. You? I'm great. You look yeah. okay. Millard, He's how are great. you? Okay. I, I'm good. I'm just riding shotgun with uh, with the two of you, enjoying the, the band. I know I... Whoops, Millard went went AWOL on us. Oh, there he is. I didn't hear we yeah. didn't we didn't hear that last thing you said. Oh, I just said I'm I'm always listening anyway. So just being able to ride shotgun with you is is is, is really fun. <laughs> How's the weather in never... Vegas? Vegas is perfect. It's turned. It's in, we're in that sweet spot. You know the sweet spot where oh, I do uh, very well. It's September, yeah. man. It's it's awesome. It can get a little bit warm the odd day, but you appreciate it. A little bit more, yeah. you welcome it because you know it's not going to last. And and the the mornings and the evenings, you can sit outside. Have you played golf at all in the last month or so? 
Uh, yes, once. And uh, it's I was, all, really. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a little bit uh, herky jerky, but uh, but I'll play a little bit more here soon. I used to play a lot in September and October when I lived there. Yeah. So you play March, April, maybe into May, and then you kind of take the summer off because it's so hot. So hot. And then we we go back out October or uh, September, October, and into November, depending on the year. So that was kind of the golf season in Vegas. Nick, Nick Taylor and I have something four. in common. Nick, Nick and I have something in common. We both like no, Twilight Golf. Yeah, we do. Oh, Twilight From, Golf. Well, Twilight Golf. You know, yeah. tee off 3.30, 4 o'clock, which would... Uh, I would assume. No, what are you? You're a morning guy, right? I'm a morning guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to play by myself all the time, about 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. Well, you wouldn't lose. A lot easier to putt like that. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Although I pin by myself most of the time, so I could cheat. <laughs> never understood me, people. Who, never understood people who cheated at golf. Like, where? What's the benefit? Money. Yeah. Oh, you bet. <laughs> oh, good. Solid point. That yeah. was dumb of me. I didn't cheat Money. when I'm playing with anybody, but I cheated when I'm playing by myself all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you miss miss a four or five footer. You say, ah, well, pretend I made it. <laughs> that was a gimme that was a gimme yeah that was a gimme we uh, actually we, we now there's a there's the gimme and i was told on the weekend there's a taking oh so there, you know a like gimme those. is when a gimme is when your partners give it to you a takey right. is when you take it when you take yeah. it well i'm yeah. a takey yeah. guy yeah in that <laughs> case yep bob mccow and the takey guy all right yeah, boys hey good. listen it's been a great week bob we'll talk to you monday darren okay have a nice training weekend. camp Everybody, and we'll see you next week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.